everyone and welcome to today's episode which is proudly brought to you by our sponsor the Guitar Ninja Academy. Today's episode I am absolutely psyched to bring you. If you want to know why I'm psyched, well stick around because I'll be telling you right next on today's show. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. As I mentioned back in the intro, I am stoked, psyched, excited, you name it, I am filled with emotion for this show. And, and the reason for it is, it's set in the tone's top 20 albums of 2020. And despite this year being a mixture of emotions for many, there's been so much a negative for this year. You know, unfortunately some people have lost their jobs, lost loved ones, not been able to attend celebrations, um, parties, weddings, christenings, unfortunately being able to attend funerals. Um, for the music industry, hardly any music shows have gone ahead and if they have, they've been so low, low key in terms of the amount of people being able to attend, it's just been unreal. And I think the, the positives from um, this, from a, from a musical perspective is, it's absolutely amazing that from a grassroots level, they've been supported with some funding regardless of you whether or not it's been enough or not enough you know people were thought of from a grassroots level which is awesome and they've been able to put on some shows albeit socially distanced albeit very like I say very low key very low scale um, some other venues may have been able to continue with that as well they might have received funding but on another note in terms of actual music release in terms of actually bands or artists releasing music it's been really positive and the one negative that I could only put on this show in terms of what I'm about to talk about is I've listened to so much music that unfortunately there's probably loads more that I would have loved to have put in this top 20 that I just haven't been able to. Um, which is a shame because, you know, this is my personal top 20 but and I appreciate it might not be your top 20. So here we go, we'll kick things off with a top 20 and I also have a little bit of a spin for the show. So. At number 20, I want to give a big shout out to a band called Anclaim from Scotland, who are an, a relatively new band, they're just making their way. Um, they released this year their debut album, Casino, and they've been, really, been making some really big noise within the industry. Next year, all being well, they will be making their second appearance at Download Festival um, on the Dogtooth stage. So, you know, they can't, be doing, they can't be doing too much wrong, you know, within the short space of two, three years they're making their second appearance at Download Festival and just a massive shout out to those guys and, and the team for their time this year, um, you know, for me to be able to sit down with them and talk about the, the album and download and, and plans and just their 2020 in general. So yeah, they their album Casino from the band Anchorlane makes it in at number 20. I also have um, Set and Tone's interview with Colin Gaffney from Anchorlane, if you wish to check that out I will pop the link in. But a massive shout out to them. Um, I just wanted to get them on the list because I wanted to give a bit of recognition to, you know, shall we say, uh, not so much of a giant. You know, this is, you know, there's bands on here that everyone loves and know and has known for years. But a band like Anclaim, not many people might have heard of them. So I wanted to get them on the list. And just a big shout out. So we're going to kick the start of the show with that. At number 19, we have a band called Kill the Lights and their album Sinner. So. This was a last minute change, and honestly, it's been so hard to rank the, the, this album and along with the other albums this year because it's been such a strong year, as I've already said. However, 
this album reminds me so much of Bullet For My Valentine's debut album, The Poison. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because the drummer in Kill the Lights is a guy called Moose Thomas, who was, or is, the ex-drummer from Bullet For My Valentine. What I'm getting out of this album is there's a hunger and a passion that kind of reminded me so much of that early Bullet From Valentine album. You know, it's quite, it's a metal album, it's a British metal album, and there are sort of like, if you like, crossovers or influences kind of from that early Bullet From Valentine album. So, you know, again, Kill the Lights uh, are, are relatively new to the scene. I don't think the guys are not necessarily relatively new to music. They've all been around and been in bands before, but as a band, they're relatively new, and their album is absolutely fantastic. So well done to those guys. You are number 19 on the list. Um, Moving to number 18 on the list, we have a band called Sifa. Now, Sifa, I've been a fan of personally for a number of years, going all the way back to their 2005 album. Um, you know, ever since that song, Broken, um, that they did, and there was also an alternative version with um, Amy Lee from Evanescence. I believe her and Sean were going out at the time, but it was a, it's a, it was a really rend lovely rendition of that track. And I love grunge in general, they're, they're, they're from South Africa and they have like a grungy rock element sort of to them and I really enjoy it. Personally, I think this album is their best in a long, long time and it's called Sest Vis Passum Per Bellum and it's basically translated as if you want pity, if you want peace, prepare for war. Now as I said, I personally think this is Sifa's best album in a number of years and personally the reason why I think that is it's heavy, it's in your face, it's angry and it's just classic sort of, not grunge in like the style of Nirvana or Soundgarden's grunge, but it's got that sort of modern day grunge. And I really, really enjoy it. And I love them as a band. And I hope to see them one day. You know, believe it or not, being a fan for a number of years, I just haven't got around to seeing them, which is kind of a bit embarrassing. But, you know, they make the number 18 spot on the list um, for this year's top 20 albums. Moving up to number 17 is a band called Bush. Now, Bush have been around for a number of years. But, you know, they're, they're no strangers to kind of what they do. Now, I'm going to be really honest and hold my hands up. Bush's latest album, The Kingdom, is an album that I've, I've heard the name Bush for many years, but I've never really took the time to listen to Bush and or what they had to offer. And that's kind of a little bit of a regret of mine. But it's fine because even though I've not managed to do that or get around to doing it, I've been able to do it now. And I've really enjoyed A, the back catalogue and this album, The Kingdom. And it's, it's a great album. It's... It's stunning, it's slam packed with riff um, and just a well produced album. I really enjoyed it. So, you know, going forward, I won't be ignoring Bush. And they're, at, like I say, they're at number 17. Number 16 on Setting Tones list is Enet Shikari. Nothing is true and everything is. Now, I know this might not make, this one I'm about to say may not please many, but for me, Enet Shikari is a band that I never really got to grips with. I never really got on board with Enet Shikari. Now, I, I respect the fact that they put their debut album off their own back, they funded it, and that's fantastic. Um, but this album's so good. It's one that takes many twists and turns, and it's caught me off guard in terms of, one, how good it is, and kind of the mixture of different sounds and um, melodies, choruses, and hooks that were coming out of the album. I really enjoyed this album. So I had to put it at number 16, um, just because I wanted to get it on the list. Like I say, it's, it's something that, I've turned my back on previously from kind of a um, in, ignorant, not ignorant standpoint, a selfish standpoint, I guess. But I'm happy that I checked it out. It's it's a really good album. It's a great album from a great British band. 
Then we move on to probably the one that surprised of 2020. Um, we have got Machine Gun Kelly, Tickets to My Downfall. Now, so I'm going to throw a bit of a joke out there. Some of you may or may not get this joke. The joke is, in the music scene, that Eminem slapped Machine Gun Kelly so hard, not physically, verbally, with his response to uh, Rap Devil, um, he put out a track called Kill Shot. And it hit him so hard that Machine Gun Kelly turned, decided to turn his back on hip-hop and focus on pop-punk. Um, all due respect, I'm sure Machine Gun Kelly wanted, was going to go down that path, and I'm sure he wanted to take a, try something different, a different genre, but it's kind of a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke, you know, that Killshot made Machine Gun Kelly go pop-punk. Um, now, I'm going to be really honest with you guys, Machine Gun Kelly and pop-punk are probably two two things that you wouldn't put together, but Tickets to My Downfall is a really good pop-punk album. Is it the best pop-punk album in the world? I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna say no it's not. However, it's a good pop-punk album, and I think what's really worked well is Machine Gun Kelly's teamed up with Travis Barker from um, Blue One Eight Two, Transplants, um, Boxcar Racer, and I believe Plus 44, I believe he was in. And the results are really surprising. It's a good album to go and listen to. So Machine Gun Kelly's Ticket to My Downfall makes setting planets number 15 on the playlist this year. Moving over to number 14, we have Pearl Jam and Gigaton. Pearl Jam returned with their 10th album and follow-up to 2013's Lightning Bolt. Now, it seems crazy that seven years this album's been in the making. I don't think it's taken Pearl Jam a whole seven years to make. Um, you know, there was probably two, three years pulling off lightning bolt, a little bit of downtime, then coming together to make this. I'm going to be honest, even though I put it at, my, at number 14 in my list, I'm a little bit disappointed with it because it doesn't kind of hit the heights or excitement levels of lightning bolt. Now, by no means is it a bad album or a poor album, it's not, it's just a very, it's a professional album, it's more slower paced album than lightning bolt. However, it's still a good album and I love Pearl Jam and I've loved Pearl Jam for a number of years. Why? Well, they're from Seattle and that whole Seattle grunge movement back in the early 90s, you know, kind of stuck with me growing up. So yeah, they're at number 14. Next on our list is a band called Folkstraw and Real Swamp. I wanted to get these guys on the um, on the list purely because Folkstraw is a good debut album. It takes so many different paths, twists, turns, and I really enjoyed this album. It doesn't just stick to one path. You know, it's kind of proggy, but it's kind of um, a bit hard rock, alternative, a bit metally in parts. And and just again, a big shout out to um, Danny and Josh. Um, from Folkstraw for allowing me the time to speak to them earlier this year. Um, you know, that was awesome. And really happy to have got the chance to do it. So, yeah, Folkstraw and Real Swan are number um, 13 on the list. And um, yeah, happy to have, I say, put them on there. Next we have Five Finger Death Punch and F8. Now, for those of you who don't know, F8 basically refers to the eighth album by Five Finger Death Punch. You know, F being Five Finger, and then, you know, eight being the eighth album. Personally, quite a nice little title, I like it. Now, for me personally, I thought this was a fantastic return from the guys. There's a few um, different things that have happened with Five Finger Death Punch over the years, you know. Uh, I won't go into it, because I'm sure we're all aware that, that there's been some personal struggles with different members. Um, more recently, Jason Hook, one of the, one of the long-standing guitarists, has, um, has left the band, and a guy called Andy James, who is a British guitarist who is phenomenal, been in a few bands that I've seen over the years, bands called Sacred Mugton and Worm Scars, both bands are very, very different and both bands were phenomenal. And I'm pleased to see Andy um, getting, you know, his, his big chance there, he's very, like I said, a very, very talented guitarist. 
and put out a wealth of solo albums and is very well respected within within the field of what he does and that's being a great guitarist so yeah um he didn't necessarily appear on f8 um i believe he did um some work for a track on on the album but he doesn't appear throughout the whole album so be really interesting to see what the guys do with him on board for their ninth album um yeah, I think this this album it has it's packed with the classic fighting death punch town that we all know and love, but it felt a bit more personal. It kind of felt like whether it was from a writing side, it felt a bit more um, raw and kind of looking into the side, you know, the side of what's happened and some of the the challenges maybe. And I thought that was right. It was a good album, really good album. So five fingers death punch and F eight broke return from the guys. Sees them at number twelve on Set Tones albums. Of the year top 20 next we're moving on to green day uh the father of all motherfuckers um what i loved about this album is yet again i felt that green day had reinvented the wheel now some of you may not agree with me many of you may disagree with me and that's absolutely fine but what i really loved about this album is green day are not afraid to change the game of their sound now this album is completely different i feel to anything that green day have ever done before it has more of like a, a 50s rock and roll kind of vibe to it and like i said i absolutely loved it so for that reason, it's at number 11 on Setting Tone's top albums of 2020. And um, go and check it out if you haven't done so already. Like I said, it's vastly different to anything Green Day have done. And it kind of reminded me in the respect of that, does everyone remember American Idiot when that came out? You know, a lot of people were like, oh my God, what have they done, what have they done? It was American Idiot with a very commercial album. But it rocketed Green Day into a whole different, um, so we say, fan base and gave them a new lease of life. So yeah, if you haven't done so already, go and check out this album. Um, it's got kind of like a rock and roll 50s kind of vibe on it and I, and I really dig it. So guys, we're getting into top 10 territory. Things getting a bit more hot and exciting and yeah, it's really, really good. So at number 10, we have All Time Low and their album Wake Up Sunshine. Now, I appreciate, like this, like I said, there's going to be some bands on this in this list that you're going to go, what the hell are they doing there? Who are they? What are they? You know, I'd have put this in, I'd have put that in, and that's fine. Like I say, we've all got opinions, you know, we'll all, we'll all have them and we're all going to share them. So, what I challenge you to do is, and I'll say this again at the end of the show, if there's something on this list that you don't like, come at me, say, hey, I would have put this in, and why would you have put this, that in? Let's open up a dialogue. But anyway, we'll, we'll repeat that message at the end of the show. Like I said, we have All Time Low's Wake Up Sunshine. Now, for me, All Time Low is a band that when they announced they were going to release their ninth, ninth album, are you Wake Up Sunshine? I was a bit on the fence because I kind of felt they'd lost their way of their, their last two albums. Um, however, Wake Up Sunshine is a great return to form for these guys. You know, I really feel they have found the perfect balance between their earlier material, where it was kind of a bit more pop punky, and then it kind of went a bit pop mainstream to what they're doing now. And kind of like all time low, kind of like the um, as Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eight Two said once said, they're kind of like the diet version of. Blink 182 and, and that's true they're kind of they are more of a modern day pop punk band and I really dig them and I think this album is a fantastic album it's, it's a very strong album and I feel it's got that perfect balance of you know trying to be serious but yet not too serious and putting a little bit of pop in there but also putting a bit of rock as well in there so yeah they make the top 10 list and um, again it's another album if you haven't listened to go and check it out you know this year has been stunning for releases it really has Next we have a band called Low. Now this album has been very well received across the, the industry in general. It is called I Let It In It Took Everything. Believe me when I say this, I wish I could have put this album 
higher up in the list. But like I said, the year has been so damn good for music. However, this album, this debut album, is out this world, and Loaf have done a really good job. Now a lot of people said, "Oh, they they, they sound better than Deftones." They're Deftones. Yes, there's there's a lot. There is a slight Deftones feel on this album, but overall, it's amazing. And I think they found they've kind of found their niche. You know, they kind of got what they want to do, and they've kind of got their influences. And I can't wait to see Loaf. Uh, you know, they're playing the download. They're playing Download Festival. I believe they're playing the Avalanche stage on the Saturday. I believe, and I can't wait to go and check them out because I'm really excited by this up and coming British band. And yet again, it's just another new lease of life into the industry. It's another, it's something else to go and see, something else to hear. And I'm so excited by Loaf. Um, you know, fantastic. Well done to the guys on on the release of your debut album. It's stunning. Um, I know you've had a lot of praise recently, so congratulations to everything. It's all thoroughly deserved. I couldn't go throughout the year without putting this this album in by this incredible legendary artist. Now. This album, believe it or not, it feels like it came out a, a lifetime ago in the respect that it came out so early on in 2020 and so much has happened since it came out, you know, that it feels like it's been out forever and ever, probably about five, it feels like it's been out for five years already. But we have Ozzy Osbourne and No Ordinary Man. Now this perhaps is an album that is Ozzy's last album, could well be. There is a lot of talk that the, the guy who produced this album, he and Ozzy are halfway through um, Ozzy's 13th album and that could come out see the light next year or it may not see the light, we don't know, you know, there's so much um, to sort of, we don't know what's going to happen, but if this is Ozzy Osbourne's last out ever album, then I'm at peace with that and I really enjoyed Ordinary Man because yes, it feels like Ozzy's taking a massive step back in pace, it's not as fast paced as you know, Blizzard of Oz or um, Osmosis or you know, or Die of a Madman um, or even um, I think the album was Scream that came out I think in 2009 from Ozzy it's, it, I really enjoyed it and I know it's quite controversial for a lot of people because a lot of people have said that some of the musicians that appear on this album have kind of destroyed it because the guitar the guitar work on the album in, in particular is kind of the point they're making is, is kind of off. Now for me there's some great artists on this album. You've got Slash and Duff from Guns N' Roses um, who I think are phenomenal. They do a really good job on the album. But as I've already said I haven't got a, a bad bone to pick about this album. I really enjoy it. You've got Post Malone on it and, you know, and that's something completely different than you would have ever heard occur for and, and Post Malone does a really good job of collaborating Ozzy on this. Um, it's so good and I said if this is the Prince of Darkness's last ever album then it's a perfect one to end on. I hope not. I really hope not. I know that No More Tours 2 um, has been postponed, postponed and pushed back and now we've got talk of 2022 dates and if I'm honest, I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical about going to see Ozzy because Ozzy, be, I think he would be at that point 72, 73. Would he be able to perform to the same levels that he used to? Of course not, because he's, you know, he's an older man now and that's natural. But it's Ozzy Osbourne, you know, it's kind of like, you've got to go and pay homage, haven't you, to one of the greats, if not the greatest performer, you know, one of the guys that, along with many other guys, co-founded in metal. So, you know, No Ordinary Man is a great album. Like I said, it's a slower paced album and I know a lot of people are torn over it because of their own views about different musicians appearing on it, but 
I enjoy it, and it's number eight on the same twenty 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 list, and it's not coming off. It's as simple as that. Um, number seven at the list is Biffy Clyro Celebrations of Ending. Now this caught me off guard again, you know, because I did not think Sam was going to be as good as it as it is. Now I'm going to put my hands up and say I've not enjoyed a Biffy album since Only Revelations. Now I think the the, the issue with Only Revelations, kind of what follows after Only Revelations, wasn't necessarily pants it wasn't necessarily rubbish it just wasn't to my standard what i what i was enjoying and i think the issue is only revelations was so strong that it kind of felt like every track on that album could have been a top top 10 single you know because it's that strong um but a celebration of endings is a very very good album and a massive congratulations to these guys because this album scored them a number one and for me I know that um, obviously download 2020 couldn't go ahead this year because of the pandemic and that's really unfortunate you know bummed a lot of people out and Biffy Clyro have replaced Iron Maiden for the Saturday Night Headliner selection I know again that's caused a few tons of ragging but it just shows to me the faith that people have in this band to put on uh, as a headliner I think only for the second time you know, massive shout out to Andy Coffin and um, Cameron um, at, at download festival of live nation for having the faith to put them as a headliner for next year i think they'll go down really well they're going to have a, a, a diverse and a huge range of songs to kind of kick in and out of their catalog to you know put a set list and i can't wait to see what they do um i think it's going to be a very good performance from those guys and overall the the album is strong so massive well done to those guys i'm sure it's been a good year for you guys in that respect you know you, the news of download and obviously the news of your number one album so big shout out to you guys next on the list is number six now number six is creeper sex death in the infinite void this album was for me was a great great follow-up to um, their, their debut album and it offers the perfect blend of kind of rock alternative and emotional tones achieving this with all of this combined and the work they put into this it scored the band at top five in 2020 so a huge shout out to to the creeper guys and you know will um, also found time to put out an EP called Salem which is a phenomenal EP. So that man's been very busy this year. He's sco scored a top five album with Creeper and uh, also secured, uh, you know, get put out a very, very good e debut EP with Salem. Um, so he's been busy, like I said. And overall, I, I really enjoy Creeper. I think they're a great, a great British band, you know, a band to keep an eye on how they progress over the years. They are playing Download Festival next year. They're playing Saturday on the um, Avalanche stage. I think they're... Then I think they're just before Freedom from a Friend who headlined. So, yeah, Saturday at Download Festival, guys. If you haven't seen that lineup, go and check it out. It's a fantastic lineup for next year. Um, it's still not complete, which is the best bit. Okay, now we really, really are getting into exciting territory. So we have gone from twenty down to six. We are now going to go from five down to one. We have Killer Be Killed and Reluctant Hero. Now, Killer Be Killed is Greg Prestacio from the Dillinger Escape Plan. The Black Queen, Troy Sanders on Mastodon, Gone is Gone, Max Cavalero of Soulfire and Cavalier of Conspiracy and also Ex Sepultura, Ben Collier of Converge, uh, Mutoid Man and All People Must Die. This album for me is just amazing. You don't get time to catch your breath with this album. It kind of feels like you're on a, I don't know, the waltzers. Um, because it, each track rolls perfectly to the next. It's got a bit of everything, you know, a little bit of all the different sounds that you can think of from the, the rock scene you know you've got grunge punk metal 
Block, you name it, you've got it on there. You've got kind of Black Sabbath, you've Piper Rift in there. And it's just an awesome album. Um, so, you know, a band that I never knew, I don't know nothing about, even to this day. You know, I just saw people talk about that they want to put this in their top list of the year and that I should check it out, and I did. And I'm glad I did because it's so good. It's so good. It squeezed its way into the top five. That's how, it, that's how good of an album this is and how much of an impression it made on me. You know, Reluctant Hero by Killer Be Killed made that much of an impression on me that I went from knowing nothing about the band to listening to the album, falling in love with it and putting it in the top five. You know, and we've gone through bands like Creed, Biffy Clyro, Ozzy, Loaf, Green Day, Five Finger Death Punch, Pearl Jam, Machine Gun Kelly and Shikari and Killer Be Killed has just, you know, squeezed its way in there. Like I said, that's how good 2020 has been for music this year. It's been so, so diverse, so many great, great albums. Okay, so we now have Lamb of God, self-titled album um, from the guys. This is Lamb of God's first album with um, our founding member, Chris Adler, who, if you remember, had that unique sort of snare sound that we all kind of grew up to love, that unique drum sound. Now, I'm going to be honest, this album took me a couple of listens to truly appreciate the new drummer Art Cruz, um, who is the new man behind the drums. Um, his style is very, very different to Chris Adler, you know, and I kind of initially was like, oh, geez, this, what, I don't enjoy this, I'm not enjoying this album, but I'm glad I stuck with this album because it's probably Lamb of God's best album in a long time. And um, really enjoy it, so if you haven't checked out this album, um, it's Lamb of God, self-titled, and it's number four, it's set in the Tony's top 20 albums of 2020. Okay. So, like I say, we've gone from five and we're going to go down to one. We're now in the top three, and this is where things are going to get spicy and probably controversial. Um, number three, we have a band called Trivium. Now, for those of you who don't know, my love for Trivium started way, way back in 2005. Um, I think it was their first ever download festival. They were due to play one of the lower stages um, late on the day, but the, there was a lot of buzz around Trivium at that point. You know, they'd been on, I think it was the Defenders of Faith tour over in the UK. Um, on support, they'd been making a lot of waves over here, and they got bumped up to open the main stage on Saturday at 11 a.m. Now, long story short, I won a competition through HMV, and me and my friend went to download, and it was Trivium was the first band we saw. We kind of got there a bit late on Friday, unfortunately, so we missed all of Friday, but um, Trivium was one of the first bands that we saw, and they left that much of an impression on me with the, just a 30-minute set that. After download ended, I went out and bought their second album at the time called Ascendancy, which is one of the best albums in metal that I've ever listened to. It's so good. It's such a good album. Um, it's hard, honestly, it's really hard for me not to put this in my top two because it's so strong. I feel that Trivia have really found something with this album that's kind of been building for a while now. What I'm getting at is Trivia's previous two albums, Science in the Snow and The Sin in the Sentence, have been amazing albums. And I felt that those albums, they were laying the groundwork with those previous three albums for the What the Dead Man Say, which is Trivium's current album, and like I say, it's number three in setting the tone's top 2020 albums of this year. Um, and even though that, those two albums were so good, this album's even better, it's heavier, it's faster, it's brutal, and in my opinion, it's Trivium's best album, and they're on form, the best form to date. Um, they are coming over to the UK next year, which I can't wait. I, I need to sort that out. I need to go and see them and hope that goes ahead because this band, I've got such a love for the band. They are incredible. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily like Trivium. Um, at one point, Trivium and Bullet for My Valentine back in 2005 kind of ticked as Britain and America's next. You know, Bullet for My Valentine kind of like the Iron Maiden and Trivium were kind of ticked as Metallica, like the next, the next big thing. 
and you know you sometimes it's ha- sometimes it's been a good album sometimes it's been a bad album you know it's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of releases but what the dead man say in my opinion is honestly Trivium's best album today is them on form their, their best form and I think their current drummer Alex Brent who came in a couple of albums back has really contributed to that he's such a technical and amazing drummer that I think he's kind of been that missing jigsaw piece and just kind of glued it all together so yeah big shout out to Trivium big shout out to what the dead man say and like I said they're on tour next year and um, hopefully get to see them Okay, we are into the top two of the setting tone of top 20 albums of 2020. And we have number two, guys, Deftones Ohms. Um, what can you say about this album? What can you say about this band that has not been already said? Ohms is um, the, two, the follow-up to 2016's Gore. Now, in my opinion, it's miles ahead of Gore. It really is. And the guys openly admit they went back to kind of like a white pony sound. And it's amazing... It's amazing that to think, sit back and you can just put this album on and you hear all these different sounds coming at you. And it's just phenomenal. It's just such a phenomenal album. Um, I bought it on CD and then went out and bought it on vinyl because um, I wanted it on gold vinyl. And it's just awesome. And I, I don't know how to really describe Deftones and how they do it, but somehow they just have this way of mixing so many different sounds, whether it be synth, guitar tones, drum tones, vocal tones, and it's just kind of put into a big blend and it comes out. Sometimes, you know, don't get me wrong, like I said, on Gore, I don't think it kind of works, but on stuff like Koino Yakin, White Pony, um, even on this album, it just works so well. So yeah, for those reasons, they are my um, number two. Ohms is my number two album of the year, and it just sit back and put this album on it. it it offers sounds that only Deftones can offer so yeah that is albums from 20 down to 2 now here's the big one guys this is the one that you've all been waiting for this is Setting the Tones 2020 number one album of the year and without further delay I present to you Grey Days and Immense now like I said this is a list that some of you may or may not agree with now the reason for this being my top album of the year is personally it I'm not gonna hold anything back by this what I'm about to say it's it's a personal album to me it's very personal um, the story behind this album goes started back in 2019 in December now it started off by uh, an article that Karam published and the article was basically saying there is a band that Chester Bennington used to be in before he joined Linkin Park and they have got some previous recordings from their debut album Wake Me and the follow-up No No Sun Today and they want to re-release these albums or tracks on these albums and they were going to do it and they did simply as that they, they did that um, it started with some singles in January and when I heard these singles, I was, you know, a little bit apprehensive because Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park still to this day means so much to me, as it does to many people. It was kind of the soundtrack to my teenage years. You know, Hypo Fury has just turned 20 years old, along with Deftones' White Pony and Link, um, Limp Biscuit, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavor Water. You know, so I feel those albums were very pivotal to 
myself and many others growing up. Um, so yeah, it's a personal album. I'm not going to make any you know bones about that. And I think there's there's a lot of emotion behind this, and that's part of the reason why um, this is my album of the year. So a bit of background information because I think Grey Days is a band that not many people will know of or will have heard of. So quite simply, this started out as a project before Chester's passing. Um, sometime in 2016, Chester Bennington, who is the lead vocalist of Grey Days, and drummer Sean Dagwell, who is the drummer, both of them are founding members of Grey Days, they came together in 2016 and said, hey, we want to put the band back together and how about retracking some of the earlier songs from the first two albums. Both of them thought this was a fantastic idea. There was one small problem. Uh, unfortunately, they had to find a new guitarist because uh, one of the founding members, Bobby, had passed away a number of years from brain cancer, which is a tragic loss um, to the band. So they brought in a gentleman called Christian Davis, who Chester gave his seal of approval to, and that kind of paved the way for, you know, to put a show on sale, put some tickets out there, get the tickets then, and to go into potentially to a studio at that event and retract some of these songs. Unfortunately, as we all know, Chester Benton lost his battle with depression in um, 2016. And it wasn't to be, you know, it, it just wasn't going to happen that these songs would see the, the, the light of day, so to speak. So Sean Dadwell went away with Maze Fires and they approached more Sean than my Sean was kind of the forefront of this approaching Chester's family and just asking, hey, look, this is what we'd like to do. We want to honour Chester. We want to put the songs out, re-record them. How do you feel? And Chester's family, you know, gave the thumbs up. They were happy for this to go ahead. So Sean, Kristen Davis, Mace Byers, um, along with some very, very talented producers. We have um, the likes of SJ Jones, uh, you know, as one of the producers there to kind of set about putting, you know, together these reworkings of these tracks, you know, and, and they brought in some fantastic um, guest musicians, if you like, you know, friends of Chester Benton. We have uh, Ryan Shook of Julian K, Marcus Cruella of POD, Jamie Bennington, uh, Jamie Bennington Chester's son, appe uh, appears on, you know, one of the tracks. Um, as vocals, we have Chris Tranner of Bush, Brian Head Welch, and James Monkey Shaffer of Corn. And um, we have Laura Pugosi, as uh, otherwise known as LP, Carson Dowdwell, and Benton Bruchard, um, sons of Chester and Sean, appear on the album as well. Carrie Fay of Shiny Toy Guns, Jason Roach of Breaking Benjamin, Peter Napping of Ocean Park, um, Standoff. Um, also, as I mentioned, SJ Jones, Lucas D'Angelo. Um, on the production team of this album and the truth of the matter is when this when the singles came out on this album earlier this year I was instantly hooked I, I was liking what I was hearing and I was happy to go and put my money towards this album I was happy to invest in it and a huge shout out to everybody involved because it had been easy for them just to slap this out you know keep the original vocals slap it out and take money from it and they haven't done that what they've done is they've handled this project with utmost care and respect naturally and i think that goes without saying they were always going to because you know chester meant a lot to many people and not just these guys so yeah a huge shout out to everyone involved that put their time 
efforts into making an absolute stunning album. Now, like I say, some of you may or may not agree with this. Some of you may or may not have heard of Grey Days, let alone, you know, this al this album. Uh, and it's songs that have been taken from previous albums and given a new lease of life, you know. They, this is a set of songs that are 20 years old and they've come from tapes that were sitting in one of the old band members' basements, if I remember rightly. And they've got a 2020 whole rework to them and they've just been brought into a 2020 standard and they're phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So, like I say, there's a lot of personal reason behind this. I still, to this very day, am cut about the death of Chester Bennington. I think he's a artist, a musician that many are only starting to truly appreciate what he had to offer, his talents. Um, and I'm just happy to hear that, you know, these songs are seen the life, you know, the life the today, the light of today. That's what I'm getting at. I'm trying to say the light of today. And yeah, they're great. And equally, I was very, very lucky that when this album came out, I wanted to get Grey Days on the show. And after some work and persistence, I reached out and I was able to conduct an interview with Mace Byers from the band. So I want to, you know, again, thank Mace and everyone who helped get that interview over the line. A thank you. Um, it was an absolute honour to be talking to Mace about, uh, you know, Chester's previous um, time in the band and the live shows and, and their, if you like, their vision and how they went in to record this album. So, yeah, a big thank you. And I've already said this time and time again, I'm not going to make any bones about this. It's a personal album that means a lot to me and I think it's just stunning. And also, it's kind of... It's something that I'm putting as number one that not many people are going to think about. You know, don't get me wrong. There's been some stunning albums. You've got Deftones, you've got The Lamb of God, you've got Five Finger Death Punch, you've got Ozzy, you've got Ed Shikari, you've got Biffy Clyro. We all know about those great artists and like the same with those albums. But how many people are going to really put Grey Days and Amends at the top of the list? And I don't think there's going to be many. So it's kind of me giving, I'm not saying they're underdogs, but it's kind of me just looking down a different path. I'm putting that as my number one. The great thing is... Um, January 2021, Grey Days are re-releasing um, some songs, stripped back, there's going to be acoustic versions, and they're going to be songs that are on amends, but you're going to hear them in their purest form, so I can't wait for that five-track EP to come out in January. Um, it's a vinyl and digital release only, I don't believe there's going to be CD pressings, there's a few different variants of the vinyl colours that you can order online, so yeah, if you're interested, go and check that out. And I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone for tuning in to this year. I know it's been tough, it's been emotionally tough, it's been a roller coaster for us all on many different levels. But thank you for tuning in to my voice and hearing what I've got to say throughout the year means the absolute world. Unfortunately, this will be the last show of the year. Um, it's time to take some time and just chill and celebrate the festive period with my family and, and my wife. Um, so once again, thank you for everyone for tuning in. All I ask from you is, if you haven't done so already, please can I ask you to, I don't know how you choose to listen to the show, but first, if you are listening to the show, thank you. Um, can I go and ask you to like, hit the subscribe button, you know, blow the hell out of the subscribe button if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening to the show through, please can I ask you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. That way, you can check out previous episodes and you can keep up to date with future episodes. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm coming, and I'm coming at you next year for 2021 hard and I've got some big plans so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And also, where are we on social media? 
You know, our handle is Setting the Tone Number Two. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please come over to those social media platforms. Give us a like. Give us a wave. Give us a comment. Um, share some thoughts. You know, I challenge you. If there's, you know, I've already said this during the show. If there's stuff in this um, top twenty list that you don't agree with, come up to me and say, Hey, Rob, I don't agree with that because of this. I think this should have been, and we can have a conversation. Nothing worse than when someone goes, I don't like that, and I think it's awful and it shouldn't be in there, and you can't back it up. So. That's my challenge to you. Um, until next year, guys, stay safe. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. And I look forward to speaking to you next year. Bye-bye for now.